in this episode. The only way I could watch this movie was to buy it via streaming on Amazon for $15. So my wife's like, just do it. She goes, Chad invited you on the show. You should just do it. And I'm like, all right. Good wife. The day after, I go to Redbox to get something. And there it is for a dollar seventy. Oh on no! Oh man! I'm oh. standing outside an Acme supermarket in front of Redbox, and I just go loud enough for anyone to hear me. Fucking Lutsky! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. You're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, Episode Twenty Five, Part Two. Black Christmas versus Black Christmas. So welcome back to part two of episode landmark episode 25, our special uh, Christmas episode with monster men, Jack Campisi and Hunter Shea. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about we're, we're pitting two films against each other, an original versus a remake. And <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> remake. Yeah. but the, uh, uh, yeah, so you know, we'll talk about we'll talk about the original first from 1974. Um, one of the, I guess I don't know, arguably original slasher. Um, one of the first. Argue that first yeah. American slasher. I think you might if you discount Psycho, it's the first mm-hmm. American slasher. There's a movie called The Peeping Tom. That's also yeah, Peeping Tom too. Yeah, but it's about a guy who breaks into a sorority house full of girls and kills them one by one in between some of the most. Uh, disturbing prank calls that you've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Bob Clark, who also did A Christmas Story, uh, one of the best <laughs> Christmas movies ever. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah there's a trend there. <clears throat> yeah. It was written by Roy Moore and stars Margot Kidder and John Saxon, and among other people. I didn't but know the, it was uh, written by that Ten Commandments judge dude from Alabama. Roy Moore, <laughs> little known fact, yeah. <laughs> little known fact. The more you know, yeah, the more you know, guys. Yeah. So I, uh, oh, it also stars, uh, it also stars Gene Shalit at the me- at the beginning there. <laughs> Just kidding. There's the guy there, the couch man. Yeah, I understand a, what you mean there. I didn't see this movie until last year for the very first time, and I get it, it was out of here. Serious. It was because um, the title. <laughs> I'm just not a. I thought this was going to be some kind of like. That was a Tyler Perry movie. (laughs) (laughs) You went there. I was going to, and I'm like, I'll let you. I was going to say Wayne's Brothers. Oh man, Medea saves Christmas. No, I thought it was going to be like just you, you, you know, just some overrated like Silent Silent Night Deadly Night type of you know killer Santa Claus thing. I had no idea, and so when I saw it last year, I was pleasantly surprised and um you know watched it again um yesterday to prepare for this and i freaking love this movie i love it it's one of my favorite slashers um i i know that part of the reason why i like it is growing up in the 70s it's just got that nostalgic feel the decor that that Mm -hmm. staircase the carpeting and just all that stuff it's a grainy look to it yeah yeah and so, but not only that, the, um, it, you know, it's not just this. I mean, the guy is already in the house and he's in the house the whole time. He's not hiding in the bushes outside. He's not wandering around in woods and, and where people are going to jump into him. He's already there. He stays yeah. there. And I and love he's, that. He's, he's a guy. He's not supernatural. 
Yeah, he's, there's yeah. nothing extra about him except he's freaking nuts. Whacked out, yeah. But I love I love the idea that we all know he's up there and he's sneaking down and taking people out. They don't even know, you know, that they're these people are dying. They got legitimate excuses for not worrying not about most there. of them, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, are you sleeping in there? Or or what's her name took off to, you know, on vacation and or on their, you know, Christmas break or whatever. So I just love it, man. And I was really shocked. You know, this is 74, not to say that that they didn't get raunchy back then. I mean, Exorcist was what 73, and that got about as raunchy as you can get. Mm-hmm. But the the phone call, cool. I was I was shocked. In the yeah, beginning, like, it's like wow, the first yeah. phone call. There are yeah. words bandied about that yeah. you don't hear even now very often. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, I realized really quickly I wasn't watching Blues Clues. I was like, this is definitely <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not. Yeah. Yeah. No. The movie, you know, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing because you know, you don't it's not a skin flick. You know, it, it doesn't have a lot of the staples that you have in a lot of the the horror, especially from that time. You know, you mm-hmm. just don't have it. But then it makes up for it <laughs> by saying by saying, OK, yeah, we're not going to show a bunch of skin, but we are going to have a really crazy, intense, sicko guy on a phone saying some messed up junk within like the first five minutes. Well, well you know, a lot yeah. of the slasher tropes and rules hadn't been made yet because you talk about psycho yeah. and yeah. um Peeping Tom and Alice, sweet Alice, I think was before this too. And um, Brooke Shields one. Yeah. I think yeah, that's just, before yeah. that or right around this time. Around that time. Yeah, I think so. So it wasn't really Halloween. It's kind of like where that, you know, the guy who keeps getting up and the, mm-hmm. the babysitter and all that stuff really yeah. came in. To, to yeah. If you're, if you're having sex, you're dead. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. True. Now this, in fact, this movie does it all without any nudity or really blood. Yeah, yeah there's, not much, there's not much blood until yeah. Straight up atmosphere yeah. is what it's about. Yeah, there's a little blood, but I think that cop gets his. You know, that's kind of gory for, for the for the film for the time. But the Marco yeah, Kidder yeah. murder is kind of giallo like. Yeah. 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 Oh. There is you know. blood, but there is blood on that one. I thought yeah, it was very colorful yeah. and artistic. By the yeah. way. Margot Kidder as Barb is one of the greatest characters yeah. in yeah. horror movie. I love history. History. I great. Every time she comes on the screen, I am riveted, and Mm -hmm. I just hang on every word because the the drunk sorority girl, but a bitch. Oh, she's such a bitch. She's awesome. She carried that that edge into Lois Lane. (laughs) Lois Lane (laughs) had an edge where she smoked, and she was a wise ass. Yeah. Yeah. And you had Olivia Hussey, who let me tell you something. If we had a girl with that accent who looked like that in my college. Yeah, Cheer yeah. Delay, who was from 2001 A Space Odyssey, would have been chucked. We would have beat the tar out of him to get our chance. Because, yeah. <laughs> good God. I, I also really like the uh, the the house mother, or whatever you want to call her, the one that's hiding the bottles all over. She was great. Amazing. And she was the release valve throughout the entire thing. Because it's a yeah. tense movie, because you know he's up there, yeah. and you don't know who he is, why he's there. Those calls are terrifying. So to have that release valve of a little comedic injection every now and then and she's mm-hmm. she was great yeah i was just waiting you know I, I was excited in fact to see john saxon you know because oh. I, I like bruce lee i like bruce lee movies and so i remembered it from there and i was just waiting for him to do some kung fu junk dude and it never happened i was like man it really bummed me out but yeah i was like, <laughs> I was like john yeah 
John Saxon is a legend with us, the Monster Men. He's been in, he's one yeah. of the great character actors. He was the, the original Fembot guy from the Six Million Dollar Man. He was the yeah. father of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. He's been in yeah. so many things. And yeah. when I was in high school, we had like, if if John Saxon showed up in a movie, or we would actually go hunt down John Saxon movies. There was like several character actors. Christopher George was another. So there's several. Richard Jekyll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John Saxon was the man. And if you want to see him in a comedy, he's in a Jimmy Stewart movie called Mr. Hobbs Takes a Vacation, where really? he plays his uh, professor son-in-law, who's probably cheating on his wife. But he wears a nutcracker Speedo in like 1962 on the beach, and it is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah, what did you think of the movie? I, I want to know what you're... What, what did I think of the movie? Yeah. I liked the movie a lot, man. And... You know, I was a little rankled, you know, on a personal level. Um, people know I've, I've said it before. You know, I'm a I'm a Catholic dude <laughs> by Catholic. I mean, like very. And so like the the thing to do with uh, uh, abortion, it was it was risky business, man. I remember I texted you and I was like, dude, bro, <laughs> I'm like, what is this? What am I watching? But at the end, by the end of it, um, and I am I allowed to say my feelings about the end because that really is a big deal like the way that i viewed the movie yeah i mean yeah, okay. if, I, yeah i'm not worried well. about spoilers it, it, or anything like that yeah i don't know it's been out for at least a minute or two but you know the yeah. thing is, is like yeah for a minute but um by the end i thought and i said you know to to have this this crazy twist at the end uh the way that they played it where you really are as you're watching it no matter where you are on that spectrum of political and cultural or religious belief you're upset about something to do with this scenario, right? Whether you're on one side or the other, doesn't matter. But the idea, it makes it believable. The, the suspended disbelief is in full, it's just full-blown overdrive at this point. That that boyfriend dude is the guy. <laughs> like, that guy, mm -hmm. something's messed up about this dude. That dude is the guy that's calling and something's whacked out about him. And then for the twist at the end to be that not only is homeboy dead, but that ain't the freaking guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I said there's very few, there's very few things that uh, that a writer could have used in their at their disposal that would drum up that feeling to get you so involved in that situation and to be willing to believe that way about a character as abortion. <laughs> I thought, you know, so it's it, it's from from an artistic perspective. I said it was a genius maneuver, right? It yeah. was a genius maneuver because suspended disbelief and all of a sudden you're you're in it right no matter where you are you're in it you're ticked off you're thinking this guy something's wrong with him man he's you know out of his mind he's the dude calling doing i'm belly you know all that crap on the phone and you're like and, and and to have the way they did it where he was upstairs and you know coming down what are you doing here it was it was it was awesome and i love the feel i agree with you totally man like and i hadn't seen it i know Hunter just laughed. He's like, "You haven't seen it, man!" And like, you didn't, you didn't see it till like way late. And I'm like, "Dude, I saw it last night." <laughs> well, dude, you're you're new to yeah, this. Like, yeah, Chad yeah. written for like famous monsters. I, yeah, I've got no excuse. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm I'm an, I'm the newbie, man. I'm the guy that's learning all this stuff. But but I agree with you when you say the feel, right? Um, when you see it, the the camera, uh, the cinematography, the decor. All of this stuff, the style, even the the way that the police were, the the um, the cops, right at the station, even oh even God. tracking the the uh, the call, right? 
and and tapping the phone and the guy running through all of these rows trying to find out where it's from. And I'm like, dude, it's way different now. Or when they did the the search party and he's like, when, if, if anything happens, you know, you have to connect with us somehow. And I just made a joke, but, you know, I was sitting there and I said, well, what's your cell phone number? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like that wasn't there mm-hmm. and they didn't have to pretend because I mean, it was it, at the time, but it was just so, it seemed like it, it really embodied so much of that time uh, without like having to emphasize anything about it. it was just so it was authentic you know to the time it was true to the time and yeah i dude i i really enjoyed it and uh uh i have a lot of good things to say about it and i and it, again i agree also with uh with your statement about margaret Kidman. um she was amazing you know and it, it, that was the one of the bummers actually was that she was the emphasis through the first half of the movie, like she wasn't the main character, but it gave you the idea that she was the main yeah. character. Then halfway through the film, yep. there's kind of a flip of the script a little bit. And I don't understand that entirely. Um, well, in a way she was almost too rough and too honest to be the final girl. Like Olivia Hussey embodied a, a bit of purity and just the way she looked. But just remember mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade was decided in 73 when they were filming this. Because mm-hmm. this came out the next year, so that they were tackling the abortion thing, and you, I wonder if at the time, I'm sure a lot of people saw her as the enemy, as the the bitch who should die, mm-hmm. especially for her choosing to have abortion. Cross. She was wearing a cross around her neck. Yes. So she's not just going to go get an abortion and not wanting to get married and doing and saying all these things. I can imagine it was it was rising up in me, man. I was a little bit mad. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man! Like, what the hell? Did you, you blow know? your piano recital when the, when you watch this? What's that? Did you blow your piano recital when you? Oh, watched dude, it? I did, man. I yeah, I I, I blew it <laughs> totally, man. I was, you know. <laughs> so hey, hey, Pope Pope Jeremiah, how come you're not mad at that guy for having premarital sex with her? I believe me, I was the whole situation. Uh, you're just <laughs> retracting. The situation, the situation rankled me, but you know, if, if people are burning with desire and they're doing the thang thang and find themselves in a precarious situation. As long as they're using the rhythm method, you know, and it's, it's all right. You know, natural family <laughs> planning, right? And Missionary so, positions, okay. Yeah, so that, that's fake news. <laughs> that's not real. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not yeah, real. Really. Yeah. It may be some puritanicals, but the, you know, the thing is, is uh, you know, but to, the whole, that's why I said the whole situation. I said, no matter which side of the spectrum you're on, the, the situation itself is a little bit it's it's upsetting like and i and i thought it could easily be upsetting that that people on one side could say they're mad at this and another side saying i'm mad at that guy but no matter what people are mad and they're focused honed in on this and thinking something's screwed up and that it's a perfect environment for that for that trick and the trick being that it's him and it's not that weirdo up in the attic Right. right, and that he is the weirdo, but he's not. Which makes it a perfect. I have, I have I have a theory about the remake that I have to I think mention now because we're talking about this abortion part of it. The um, my theory is that the the writer director of the the remake s- saw the scene uh, where that guy's like, uh, "You can't make that decision. You didn't even like ask me first. And then that chick who wrote the the one's like, "Oh hell no, I'm making a movie that's like." Uh, like almost like was the, I felt like that was almost a catalyst for because what he said was like the the most like if you were if you were a feminist like a hardcore feminist and you heard a guy saying something I can't remember his exact words 
He said, we'll good. see. We'll see. Well, well she, he was like, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah. when she's like, he's pregnant, I'm pregnant. She's like, but I'm having an abortion. He's like, you can't do that. Like, you know, you know, like you didn't consult me first. You didn't ask me to see what I had to say about it right. when this is her body kind of thing. And they're not married or anything. Um, but I could see, I could see that being so, because, and I don't want to get too into this because I don't, it's the only thing that makes sense to me why you would take something and try to, just turn it into something that it's not other than seeing that guy's behavior in that whole, you didn't ask me first, if you could have an abortion and having this uh, feminist go, Oh hell no. For the right. We're rewriting. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to rewrite it big time. Yeah. It's like the remake was entirely premised on the opposition to that particular interaction. Mm-hmm. like it's yeah. like that just you could tell that rankled you know what side of the spectrum that lady's on <laughs> the, the, re, the remake yeah. is uh, just a complete embodiment of all the <laughs> whole crap going on right now i thought, uh, I, I thought the remake did a weird... nice job of subtly conveying that message. <laughs> <laughs> Very subtle. hang on i don't want to get into that yet yeah, no, no. I, I, have, I have some but, really cool trivia that let i learned me bring this i had bring... no idea I, now olivia hussey's been impregnated by this Student who is probably a 17th year senior because <laughs> Kira Delay is almost 40 when he shoots, he was 38, and, yeah, and looks every every minute of his age. Mm-hmm. And it, I, but the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, he must be a teacher. <laughs> I'm like, he's a student, what? Yeah, well, he's uh, been living in the conservatory for eight years. It, it was weird, yeah, that was a weird relationship, and I was like. But like I'm saying, we're seeing it like I saw it first in the 80s and you guys have seen it now in the aughts. And I'm sure that it's a different feeling depending on when you saw it. I'm betting the 70s. This was just mind blowing and probably like going, put this shit in the grindhouse and don't let anyone watch this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Um, but yeah, I, I was just. To me, that would be in college. I just remember any girl that was dating a guy that was over 24. We were like, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. Uh, and so I appreciated the fact that she was like, oh, yeah, you're obviously older than me. And you probably think you know more than me. But F you, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And look, yeah, I'm what- a pro-life guy. <laughs> it's easy to be pro-life once you've had kids, by the way. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I stand firm on this. Because when I didn't have kids and I was with my girlfriend, I was very, hey, make your own choice. And then once I had kids, I was like, yeah, I'm pro-life. Uh, so, and I'm a, I grew up, I was an altar boy for five years and I was a, I was a Catholic, good Catholic boy and everything. But, you know, I also. Yeah, you dropped Padre Pio in the last episode. And I'm like, Padre that's, Pio, that's, a, that's a obscure, well, you know, for, for people into horror, they may be like, who's Padre Pio? And I'm like, I got your number, man. I know. Hunter. Yeah, you know, Padre Pio. I know Padre Pio, bro. <laughs> I inherited a car from my grandmother and it had a Padre Pio sticker on it. Grandma was oh well yeah, you're Italian. Yeah, so we called my we called my white Camry up the Pope Mobile. (laughs) (laughs) Put a dome on that. Yeah. Jack, you like this movie, right? What are your you know I liked it. So um I saw this movie back in the 80s, I guess. It was one of those video store rentals. Mm -hmm. It was one of the few christmas horror movies that was out there and i thought it was much better than like silent night deadly light and things like that but i didn't appreciate it as much till i got older because i didn't i didn't realize this came out before halloween so i thought it was just another one in the wake of 
Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that this one. And then I, when I found out the guy who did a Christmas story did this too, that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I learned to appreciate it more. And also like when I saw this as a teenager or whatever, the abortion stuff, I could care less about. I was waiting for the next kill. Yeah. And it was just, or that for was a just, girl to take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I saw that as it's a, a topic that makes somebody fanatical. Mm-hmm. And so he's acting extreme and that makes him a nice suspect and a red herring. Yeah. In the movie. And it's a, it's a great topic because that topic evokes emotion because the term pro-life and pro-choice makes the thing too black and white because mm-hmm. there's it's not like one side believes in killing babies and one side doesn't there's there's layers to all of it and it's the hardest conversation to have without people pissing each other off and wondering but there's layers to it so it does people are blowing up abortion clinics and people are doing all kinds of things so it is a topic that creates fanaticism and hunter is right this came out right after roe v wade yeah. so it was a different yeah. atmosphere so all that stuff aside, because as a kid watching a horror movie, I could care less about that stuff. And now I can look back and be like, oh, there's implications here. Uh, for me, I was like, oh, Lois Lane was in a horror movie and John Saxon's in this. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, there's a horror comedy called Student Bodies from the 80s. Yeah, I remember that. That <laughs> yeah. has the heavy breathing. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and whenever I watch this, I'm like, oh, man, Student Bodies was channeling this so much. Um, so I just think it's one of the best if not the best Christmas horror movie. Yeah. I think it's a lot. I don't have it up on a super pedestal where I watch it every year. I have to go back and watch it every so often. If Hunter says, Hey, let's watch this for monster man. Absolutely. No hesitation. I like going back to it, but it's not like return of the living dead where I got to watch it every year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I really like the movie. I think there's a lot of fun with it. I don't think it's the best horror movie ever, but it's such a great little piece of history and there's so much interesting stuff going on in it. Wow, I was gonna, I was gonna say, man, it was a couple more things that I was thinking, and as you were talking, you know, like, um, I, I, I like how it has that element of it where, um, he's in the house the whole time, yeah, and and that you don't, they don't know, you know, it's one thing to, it's it's creepy enough, for example, to look out, you know, I see a movie where the person's looking out the window and there's some weirdo across the street, you know, with a glistening knife staring at you, that's really creepy. But just the idea, you know, it might make you want to check out your window. <laughs> you know, I'd be like yeah. looking over there. What is that by the bush over there? Kind of thing. But but then to think about this, you're like wondering what's behind the curtain or maybe in the closet or around the other side of the desk. <laughs> well, like, years oh, later, when a stranger calls comes out, blows mm-hmm. everybody's mind. My sister was a babysitter, went and saw the movie, came home, was terrified. And mm-hmm. then you look back and you're like, they totally ripped this movie they ripped off. It off. Yeah. I was just telling my friend Jack. Yeah. My friend Norm, who comes mm. with us, he was watching. He just got Shutter, I think. He was watching when a stranger calls, and I'm like, you know, that was totally ripped off from Black Christmas. And I'm only saying this because I'm yeah. about to go on a podcast talking about yeah. Black Christmas. And they got the true. the uh, it was one of the first. I don't know if it was the first, but it was one of the first where it was the first uh, first person view. And so the idea that uh, that kind of almost drunken feel of walking down the steps. And handheld in the hand, yeah, the handheld, and and that you're seeing from that person's perspective, like going down, and you start to see the people, but they're not seeing you, yeah. and and to see that, and to see the hands as they're going down the ladder and stuff, and that you, the only thing you see of this person, you see hands, and you because he's he, holding the rope, 
and then you've got a scene where they show his eyeball and that's it and he i mean his eyeball awesome. just i mean he's yeah. just you're looking through there man belly kind of thing and it's like <laughs> oh my gosh dude what the heck and it was funny when you know bringing up the thing about christmas story is when i first heard that i'm like are you serious chad told me i'm like dude no you know but then i thought and i said well wait a second there's that scene like there's creepiness in in christmas story there's the scene with if you're a kid watching it and a lot, most of us have when we were kids you know or whatever seen it the, mm-hmm. the idea of of uh um, him going up ralphie going up and he sees uh um he sees uh the elves and that scene where they're like <laughs> right in his face and it's that ho, ho, exactly yes man ho 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 and it's like it's like oh, no 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 like get me out of here dude this is nightmare land and yeah. and you know the, the 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 way that that is that first person angle in that in that movie from that perspective of the kid and that it's eerie that it's not that's an uncomfortable situation they're messed up elves you know that whole situation that whole group is messed up so i thought that was good the only thing man that i didn't i didn't like about the movie um other than what i felt was a weird shift from one main focus to another in the movie. I agree with you on that a little bit. I, that was a little, it was a little different for me. Margaret Kidder is so yeah. much more likable in that movie than Olivia Hussey is a little annoying in that movie. A, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and oh. it's got, and it's like, and just the idea, just but hot, kid. I mean, look, it makes up for it, you know, I mean, she's easy to look at. Yeah. But Margot the, Kidder, if you were dating yeah. her, would just sit there drinking, smoking, making fun of the size of your penis. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about <laughs> watching turtles have sex for days at a zoo. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say what in the world but but some of the some of the dialogue um like where they're in the house and it happened like three different times where the person in the house was saying you know who's there who is that who is that what are you what's your name who are you and it just repeated and then the the matron or whatever the one the the older woman Mm -hmm. uh she's in the house and she's looking around and she's I think talking for the cat or whatever. I don't know what if that's what it was. Everyone's always looking for that cat. Everybody's looking for the cat, man. And she's like, I'm gonna get you here, you know, whatever. But she repeats that cat's name like 30 times, man. Claude. And I'm just it felt very like they didn't need to do that. Like that, that was the that was the but in, in overall, for me to say those are really the only criticisms, and maybe that you know it it's you needed to do this in order for the dis- suspended disbelief and in order to have the, the the twist. But the idea that the boyfriend, right, is peeking around the back and wiping the window in, in the basement or whatever, the yeah. frost and doing that and then breaking through a window yeah. and walking in. I'm like, that's yeah. not very believable. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, maybe if, you know, but it also plays into the idea that this dude's the killer. If yeah. he wasn't you know? 40, it's believable. Like anything is possible when you're 19, 20 years old. Well, I I heard something about this. I don't know if it was on a podcast or something, but they were saying he we wanted to cast college students or make them college students, but he wanted people to take them more seriously. So he casted older people in the roles. Yeah, hmm. I mean, that's which everybody ripped them off now. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, because like you, you know. You watch shows about high school and they're all like 23, 24 years old. And you're like, what? yeah, I can I mean, tell you're not a, you're not a, you know, 10th grader here. They're changing a little more now. You see more yeah. younger kids in age appropriate roles. But back then, you were almost like, Luke Perry should be like, like doing my taxes. Luke, not- Perry. <laughs> Luke Perry was 45 and 902. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Regarding the regarding the the uh, the fact that when a stranger calls ripped off uh, Black Christmas on that movie's defense, um, 
with Black Christmas, we knew that the guy was in the house. We knew that where the calls were coming from. And when a stranger calls, you don't know that they're coming from in the house. So it's it's still, even though it's, I think it's word for word the same line. The calls are coming from within, inside the house. Yeah, it it, it has a, a different type of impact. It's Plus like there's we, we children know, involved, young children involved. Yeah, which that you need to be checking. Yeah, a lot to check the children. You just spoiled it for me. I've never seen that movie. Eh, I hate I all of you. <laughs> all right, it's, I'm good movie too. it's on my list, dude. I was gonna watch. All right, it let's change the subject. There's a let's whole change the subject more. to the sixth sense. Yeah. So you see, I, I, watch. Yeah. I have a. <laughs> I do have some tri- trivia that I learned uh, about th- this movie that blew my mind. Maybe you guys already know about it. I didn't know about it, but uh, I guess John Carpenter was a huge fan of this yeah. movie, yeah. and yeah. asked uh, Bob. Clark, the, the director, if he planned to make a sequel. And uh, Clark responded by saying that if he were to make a sequel, he would set a year after the events of Black Christmas and then have a kill, have the killer escape from a mental institution after being arrested between the films and that he would call the film Halloween. Get out of here. Well, he said it would take place at Halloween. Okay. And then Carpenter asked if he could write... Well, you figure Black Christmas... And then maybe yeah, using another yeah, Halloween. Yeah. So Carpenter asked if he could write the sequel, and Clark said, "Yeah, go ahead." Uh, but the script turned into a separate project and became Halloween. But right. it's like, wow, yeah, because that's but, the plot of you know, escapes a mental institution, Halloween. Well, I'm telling you because Clark, I think this movie is flawless. I love this. This is yeah. one of my top five slasher movies, top ten horror movies up, up there. Um, it's it just it set the mold for everything that was to follow. And that's a perfect, you saying Carpenter called mm-hmm. Bob Clark. And for, this was not my first Bob Clark movie. My first was children shouldn't play with dead things. Which was I just saw that recently for the first time. And I absolutely hated that movie. I, yeah. now, it's a movie I love, but it's because it was one of those when my dad would have like, he'd be 18 Schaefer's and we got children shouldn't play with dead things coming on. You want to watch it? And I'd be like five. Yeah, dad, yeah, let's watch yeah. this. Yeah. Like, we'd watch that. And he would tell me like, you know, how it was, you know, a riff on George Romero, who I didn't know who the hell he was talking about. And mm-hmm. So I just love that, that moment. I still love that movie. I think Shudder has hey, a man, great nothing, transfer nothing, of it too. Nothing tr- trumps uh, the sentimentality of something like that or, or nostalgia, nothing. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I still like it. Look, I've met Alan Ormsby who he was the, the troop director you know the guy in charge the, the head asshole and i met him a couple if he years wasn't ago. in the movie I, I may have maybe i may have liked it but that it's character. funny because he i the Burton ernie clothes on oh <laughs> the, the outfits were great in that movie <laughs> it's a dirty 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 movie and everyone everyone's an asshole in that movie yes um but i met alan ormsby and i i even gave him i wrote a book and i made the island called ormsby island I mean, that's how much that movie has impacted me as I grew yeah. up. Um, so Meanwhile, I love that movie. I'm wearing a oh, Christmas Story shirt. Yeah, man. Um, Look, that's this my is a, Bob Clark movie. This is the same man, Bob Clark, who would go on to do a Christmas Story, Porky's, Porky's 2, and Baby Geniuses. Really? So it's, yeah. yeah. So we're reading so much into this, and I guarantee you at the time, it was like, I just had to make a goddamn movie. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to do something. I just had to put it out there. Just like, I'm mm-hmm. sure, Chad, sometimes people tell you, I read your book, and this is what I got out of it. And you're just probably thinking, I just had to get words down, and I yeah. had to get this done. You know? It's it's mm-hmm. fascinating to just look into 
how people read into art. Yeah. So we could be talking this movie of Blue Streak and Bob Clark, who, you know, died in a car accident, is looking down and going, you fools. I was really Porky's yeah. the one I thought about most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I'm really the baby geniuses guy. Maybe because he didn't really. I mean, he did. Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things is a pretty obscure movie these days. This movie is kind of a cult thing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like Carpenter stayed with horror. The, the, Bob Clark's place in horror history should be more prominent than it is. He's a kind he of trailblazer. Yeah. I mean, he went where the money was. He didn't get a lot of opportunities, which just drives me crazy. Remember Turk 182, Jack? Remember oh, that yeah. movie? Oh, yeah. That gosh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got a weird, weird resume. But what he did to the horror slasher genre, I mean, he doesn't get enough respect for that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he made the two best Christmas movies of all time on yeah. T- yeah. totally different spectrums. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And an ending like that, you know, an ending, you know, and it, when I first saw it, the ending of this movie, you know, I was uh, I was still in suspended disbelief. I'm like, oh, man, that guy's toast. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and all the people they're wandering around the house and she's in the bed. And I thought, you know, w- when they all left and they even turned the light off and stuff and left her there. And all of a sudden the place is really quiet and it stuck on her for a while. That's when it started creeping in the idea. I think I've just been hosed. I think that I think that <laughs> I've been duped and these cops are duped and something else is going to happen. And I didn't know what was going to happen. And I, I anticipated if there was going to be something that it was going to be, you know, he's going to pop up and he's going to kill her, walk in and close the door. And that's going to be the end. You're going to know. And I was blown away by the brilliance. I didn't think I didn't think it was, you know, the greatest idea that she's left there and everybody left. I mean, she's obviously traumatized. You ain't going to leave her in a house where a bunch of people. It's the worst outside the front door. Yeah, there's a cop outside the front door. It's the worst police force in the history of police ever. Everyone. I mean, they just. Don't check the entire house. Well, there is no force. I mean, not as bad as the American Werewolf of London guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing is, a a girl had died. A girl had died, so they're kind of spread out. They already didn't have, you know, they the morgue is overwhelmed. They already found a bunch of bodies, and so they're not. They, you know, it's it's kind of believable that they wouldn't go. Well, let's go see if there's more up in the attic. You know what I mean? Her body's in the window at the end. Yeah. 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 Her body's at the window and the light is on. But see, that's the thing. And that's what made it to me the the long lasting creepiness that is going to terrorize me for the rest of my life. (laughs) That says that you have a situation on the outside. There's a cop at the front door. They'd gone through the house. The people are dead. They thought that she's thinking that she killed the bad guy. Right. And she's Mm -hmm. thinking that's done. And she's laying down quiet and asleep finally. And everybody's thinking that all the problem is on the outside and on the inside. Not only are there still dead bodies to be found, but there's that dude and you don't see him, but the candle's still lit and the light, the light in the attic is still on. And yet everybody is oblivious to the, to the wickedness that remains right there. That is looming that any moment could just go down. And I thought, that is a bazillion times creepier yeah. than if he walked in and you saw him and he went through the door. And I said, I am so glad I only saw his hands and only saw his shadow and only saw that eye and mm-hmm. heard the voice. And that's it. And I said, that is creepy. 
And now, yeah, the you phone. don't know his motivations. You don't know who he is, yeah. why he's there, mm-hmm. and that's scary. Yeah. And then George W. comes by, says, "Mission accomplished," and everyone <laughs> yeah. and he's still hanging up there in the attic. Yeah, he's like, that's George. Get him out of here. And, and then at the at the very end, the phone is ringing, and no one's picking it up. So it's like, is she dead now? You know, right? Yeah, it, yeah. They insinuate she is. Yeah, because yeah. the the phone call always came after somebody died, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I love endings like that where you just kind yeah. of, you know, got to that that and that that body with the, you know, plastic wrap over the face. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so iconic. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 It really and is. you have Andrea Martin who would go on to SCTV greatness, starring as one of the sorority girls. Wow. SCTV. Yeah. And she is she's the sorority mom in the second remake, which we're not going to talk about tonight. But she is in the second that. Oh, the, the 2000 remake one? Yeah, yeah 2006. 2006 she's yeah. she's the but she's not like you know the you know sherry swilling <laughs> woman who was in the first one <laughs> the first remake which i thought was bad but after seeing the next one i was like oh i wish we had watched the first remake so let's <laughs> let's talk about that but jeremiah i want to hear or in everybody let's you want to do a letter grade i want i want to do a letter grade rating rather than one to five stars like yeah. an e to a plus you know a a a i don't give it i don't give it an a plus because of the things that i've mentioned but Mm -hmm. it's unquestionably something that will stick with you you will be invested in it no matter where you are in your life you're gonna watch it you're gonna be offended you're gonna be creeped out and it does things that you know really make it stand out in fact it 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 stands out for sometimes what it didn't do Mm -hmm. and and to me that is amazing and i it was creepy and I checked in my house after it was over. I turned on the lights <laughs> and I'm like looking around thinking, do I have some creeper in my house? And I'm so the yeah, dude in the attic crazy. right now. Yeah, you're I'm the dude in the man. attic. I was looking for you, man. You're Billy. <laughs> like, Where's Let, me get, Let me call same, somebody. Yeah, I, give it a, I give it an A too. I mean, I mean, yeah, there was this there were some issues like the guy, you know, it's like, how did he even know that his girlfriend was in the basement? It's it's not a yeah. it's it's like a Michigan basement. It does not look good down there. So why would you even know she's hanging out down there? And why in the world would you just smash through there? I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, I, I love the movie so much. Well, I mean, I meant for. Well, I'll just I'll tell you why. Hemingway, I always talked about he always talked about, you know, it's the things that you don't write. Mm-hmm. That's where they used to fuck. So that's how we knew to look for it down there. Just so you know. <laughs> Well, it, they don't say it, but it's implied. That's where they used to Yeah, go that's back. where they had been. They'd been down there before. Yeah. So he must have wanted a piece pretty bad. Yeah. He's it's like, it's like oh, body heat. heat. It's like body heat when he throws the chair through the window. <laughs> there you go. That's right. See? Yeah. I love yeah. that movie. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. A, same. A. Uh, Hunter, Jack, what? Cause, go ahead, Jack. Cost it a, a letter grade. I, I would also give it an A. Like I said, I, it, it's a great movie, but. Mm-hmm. Rewatchability, like I, I, I will watch Halloween over and over, like every year. I really mm-hmm. like this movie a lot, but I don't. I, I, it's not quite at that level that I give it an A plus. But mm-hmm. I have no problem somebody giving it because of its place in horror history. Yeah. So, and it, 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 this A is nothing to sneeze at. So, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a great movie. So you have no problem with me. I give it an A plus because of what it did for the genre and what it is as a movie. And this is a movie I I maybe have watched 20 times somewhere around there. It's nowhere near. It's funny. I've watched a Christmas story. Somebody asked me what movie I watched the most in my life. I'm like a Christmas story. 
Yeah, I probably me too. Maybe a hundred times. Maybe wow. hundred fifty. The, the most I've ever watched a movie is maybe like, I think Evil Dead, uh, maybe at like ten or twelve times. Yeah. Hunter just, once asked me how many times I've seen Jaws, and I can't count <laughs> <laughs> because not only do I own it and watch it, but every time it's on TV, I end up stopping. So, I'm like, if you count when I just came in in the middle and watch it to the end or whatever i said i don't know 600 times i don't i don't know like <laughs> yeah exactly a whole lot a christmas story at least once a year every year yeah if uh, not, we watch it at least seven times between the start of december and christmas day right there yeah so. yeah even even if it's just in bits and pieces yeah. right like a little bit here a little bit there and you're like yeah probably seven times it was a box office flop when it came out we had a theater oh, right down the block and we went as a family when it came out and loved it and bought the yeah. the vhs when it first came out and nobody knew what the hell we were talking about we have home movies of me and like i don't know if it's the some blizzard little me bundled up so much that i can't move like randy and i, and I fell down and i couldn't get up so the first time we saw that, my family lost our minds. We were like, oh, that's like our home movies. That's and then and there was just so much other stuff we could relate to that. I mean, you did, you might be talking about the blizzard. It was 76, wasn't it? Yeah, it could that have been. Was crazy. That was crazy. That was crazy. No, Jack, it was the Dust Bowl of uh, 31 yeah. for Jack. <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, okay. So. But things are going to take a turn, dude. You might. Yeah. Do you want to cut it out right now? We could just stop. We don't have to do this. This is fun. This, <laughs> oh, yeah. will, this will be fun. No, we have to. Yeah. We must, man. Okay, so you know. <laughs> All right. now the fun begins. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. Okay. Black yeah. Christmas 2019. Uh oh. remake. <laughs> I use the term loosely and only because we're forced to. It's yeah. a 90-minute PSA about the evils of white men and our universal <laughs> desire to date rape and or kill girls who dare to think they're equals. Yeah. Also, people died toward the end. Yeah. It's directed by <laughs> Sophia Takao, written by Sophia, and starring Imogen Poots, who was the only th- good thing in the, in the movie, I thought. Uh, she, I thought she did an amazing job. Um, first time, this is the first time I've seen it. Um, I never would have watched this uh, <laughs> if it weren't for you guys letting me talk you into coming on here and talking about it. This was your idea. Yeah. By the way, I just want to make it clear. Yeah. yeah. I love you, but I freaking hate you. <laughs> I, I, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. I, um, it, it's, I, I've seen some really, really bad movies this year. Um, some of the worst movies two of the worst movies I've ever seen in, in my whole life. One of which was uh, J- one that Jack recommended on final guys. So I got a bone to pick with you about that. Oh, God, what movie <laughs> is that? Two of the worst movie. I've, th- three of the worst movies I've seen is it the couch ever in my life is this year. One was called invasion of the blood farmers. One was called um, deathbed, the bed that eats um, <laughs> horrible. <laughs> hilariously bad but but horrible and then the one that jack it wasn't a it wasn't something that you're like hey everyone has to see this it's like yeah i'd recommend it, it, it it's a movie called found footage you that wasn't that, me jason brant loves that brant movie. loved that movie no, loved i think that it was movie. you it's i just thought that movie footage. was eh, whatever it's okay it. it's like an hour long and it's, it's yeah, like if you're it's torture to porn it. he hates torture porn 
Brant loves it. First of all, Brant, give me a freaking break. Brant. I mean, <laughs> Brant. Yeah, really. Can we just talk? Brant has. I mean, how stupid he is. <laughs> you know, but no found footage. I was like, meh, whatever. Like, I didn't. Oh, I hated it. I don't think it's the the worst movie in the whole world, but. No, I don't think it's the worst movie in the whole world, but it's one of the worst worst that I saw. The other two are two of the worst that I've ever seen. But what I'm getting at is is I've seen a lot this year and uh, bad movies and Black Christmas is is up there with them. But it's definitely the 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 worst modern horror movie that I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. I just (laughs) I hate I hate this movie. Yeah, I hate everything <laughs> with the passion of a thousand burning yeah, suns yeah and let me tell you something okay oh. um so that so that people don't get upset um yes the the, the film has an agenda i'm not <laughs> my yeah, problem right, it does. <laughs> yeah it, it, you gotta look for it you gotta search the message boards it's like and, an onion it's got layers yeah you gotta search the message boards and see and you know pick up on things watch the dvd commentary and then maybe watch it a couple more times you'll pick up on the subtlety that jack was talking about at the beginning um of, of the agenda but my problem isn't the agenda let me rephrase that my problem isn't <laughs> the, the the theme of the agenda okay my problem is the fisting that I received <laughs> by the agenda. Okay. Like, yeah. let me give you an example yeah. so that it doesn't matter if I'm for the agenda or not. I don't like that. Yeah. I'm a Christian. One of the worst horror books that I've ever read in my entire life is a, is a Christian horror book written by the Stephen King of Christian horror. Frank. I can't, yes. Yeah. I can't. Which one, which one, which, 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 which book was it, man? It's by Decker and Peretti. It's called House. I wasn't going to Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to say it, man. I, was, I bet you that's what it was. Decker White? Uh, Ted Decker? Is that his name? I don't know. And Frank I, I know I know Frank Peretti. It's the called director? House. Who, wait, who's the Stephen King of Christian horror? Uh, he, Peretti, wrote, I believe. Yeah, Frank Peretti. He wrote... Frank Peretti. Yeah, he wrote a book... Uh, uh, this Peasant this Darkness. Peasant Darkness. Piercing the Darkness. Yeah. Piercing the Darkness. A bunch He's of a, others. Yeah, good writer. I mean, you know... Now, fact, I don't know who... I don't know who... picked up that book, by the way? I don't know. I know House is a movie, though. It, now, it, which is the book I'm referring to, couldn't yeah. stand this movie. And one of the reasons, or I'm sorry, the book. And one of the reasons why I couldn't stand it is because of the agenda they were pushing. One yeah. that I believe in. Well, I do not like that. There's, and that's that was my problem. Um, one of the big problems I had with this movie is it was so in your face that. Um, you know, regardless of, I, I don't care if it's something that I'm behind or not. I just don't, I don't. I saw a review of this movie that said, when a movie is pushing the agenda harder than the story, yeah. the movie cares less about you and more about their agenda. Yeah. 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 I feel like Blumhouse is pandering. This is a no, no. One, This was a cash grab for, for Blumhouse. This was, let's well, take the name no cash Black no Christmas. Cash. <laughs> yeah. And put it on a, a Christmas themed movie because if we call it, you know, deck the halls, nobody's going to go see it. But if we call it mm-hmm. Black Christmas, it, it's like us are doing a podcast about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I had swore never to see this movie when it came out, by the way, because I, <laughs> I knew what it was about. I swore never. And I, before we go further, I had to watch this movie. I had limited time this week. So we had done Final Guys. 
And I said, I got enough time now. I got to watch this and I got to get up at like 530 in the morning and go to work. The only way I could watch this movie was to buy it via streaming on Amazon for $15. <laughs> yes. So did Jeremiah. I had, I had to get I had to get HBO. I had a choice. I could either watch it by subscribing for a month to HBO. And I'm like, well, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to do it. And I'm going to watch as many things as I can. Or right. I could buy it for $14.99. And I'm thinking, that's not even a question. Like, I'm going with the HBO thing. But no matter what, I had to invest money, man. Dude, I, I was sitting yeah. there. My wife, my, my wife was like, just do it. She goes, Chad invited you on the show. <laughs> you should just do it. And I'm like, all right. Good wife. So yeah, here's what happens. The day after, I go to Redbox to get something. And there it is for a $1.70. Oh, no. Oh, man. <laughs> And I, oh. I'm standing outside an Acme supermarket in front of Redbox, and I just go loud enough for anyone to hear me. Fucking Lutsky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, buying, I'm buying another one of your books, Hunter. Guys, I totally I don't want to downplay the, the, the impact of having to spend money on this piece of garbage. <laughs> but let's look at this from my perspective. Yeah. Chad, oh, you man. piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. I have now seen this movie twice. <laughs> and that was worse. I'm watching this friggin' movie going, why am I doing oh. Why don't I just go off of memory? Now nah, I gotta... And man, let me tell you something. The second time around, <laughs> just as bad as the first. <laughs> Is yeah. it worse? It might be worth, yeah, because you, you know what's coming. You know, you know what it is. You <laughs> there's just certain things that you focus in. You're like, oh, that's right. I really hated this. Oh god, this part really pisses me off. Oh, yeah. oh another jump scare with a big music cue. Thank you. Oh. This <sighs> what pissed me off about this movie okay this movie is about all about how terrible straight males are i can't even say white yeah. males because no no it's no yeah. actually oh, yes and it was in the beginning you can. i'm sorry yes you can because yeah, there's an african-american dude who the is purple guy like, any guy who is not a, a son of a bitch yeah. is possibly gay yeah. because yeah. like the dude who's I, boyfriends with the one girl the whole, mm -hmm. It took me the whole movie to realize that he was the boyfriend and not the gay friend. I, I thought he was gay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the the other guy from the who lent his DJ equipment, who was into imaging poots. Mm -hmm. I kept going. Oh, he is. And even my wife was like, she's going. She's like, no woman would even give him the time of day because the Cosby sweater ain't doing him any favors. Yeah, yeah. she would think yeah. that guy is really big into the D. When he's like, want to try my barbecue <laughs> sauce? And she's like, no thanks. So yeah. I mean. The good yeah. thing is I watch this with a woman or two women, one who is, you know, my wife, contemporary, and then my daughter, who is the same age as these asshats that populate this movie. Yeah. And I just yeah. kept going to her and I'm going, do you guys say this or think this? And she's like, no. Yeah. And I mean, and she is her her friends and her boy, her boyfriends and every they are all pansexuals and th they're transgender and there's there's non-binary it's like they have a million different i'm like you know people died face down in the muck in vietnam to not have fucking labels 
<laughs> I yeah. like to pull out the big Lebowski on her every now and then. Mm-hmm. I said, you guys have just brought a million labels back in. But even with this diverse cast of friends that she has, she goes, this is unacceptable. This, <laughs> yeah. not, this, this yeah. doesn't exist in yeah. real life. Yeah. And I hope she's I hope she's right. And I mean, we are <laughs> in New York where you think these these morons would exist, like populate like gremlins after midnight. But maybe not. Maybe this is just some fucking bizarre agenda being pushed by Hollywood that even, yeah, this even movie sucks on so many levels. Oh, my God. I just want to just murder this movie. Can I'm I make from, this movie alive so I can murder it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Fairfield <laughs> County, Connecticut, the capital of white douchey guys in prep schools. And also the capital of Karen's. Karen's came out of a pod from And I'm watching this movie going. I'm watching this movie and going, boy, this really isn't fair to white white douchey guys in in prep school. There's I think you just (laughs) really gotta lighten up on these guys a little bit. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude. Yeah, even with the signing of the petition, you know, the she's the the black girl is is standing outside that thing. She's like, Well you sign to the white guy that comes out. He's like, get out of my face. Black dude comes by. He's like, I'd love to sign your petition. Oh, God, yeah. that pissed me off. Yeah, yeah. It, First but, of all, she was pretty. Anyway, Any guy like, would yeah, sign that you don't, you don't want to get rid of the white supremacist patriarchy heteronormative. I'm like, oh my gosh, stop! <laughs> like, all of the catchwords are just flying. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. Something, it was like they're writing a resume and looking for the keyword catcher. Yeah, it's like yeah, we got to make sure we get all these in. This was yeah. like a massive, massive signal. Like if if. Oh my gosh, if this crowd of people, right, with these with beliefs like this, right? If they had a bat signal and they it was this hyper-powered LED bat signal, man, that's like blinding, kind of like the artificial sun. That if they were able to somehow <laughs> turn it towards your eyeball so that it's like frying your eyes, this is the movie, dude. Yeah. That's what yeah. this is. It's like it's like, do you see the signal? Do you see it now? And I like how you described it, man. Like being, it's almost like being fisted down the throat <laughs> and a little bit up the, you know, what ways. If there was any question, whether this was uh, purposely like made for agenda, this thing that I read today tells me everything I needed to know about the, the woman, the writer and director who, who created this. Um, apparently, originally she pitched to Blumhouse that she wanted to do a remake of I Spit on Your Grave. Oh not my God. Even, not even having seen the movie before. She hadn't seen Come it. Come on. So she just knew, I apparently, you know, a feminist revenge flick or whatever. Um, so instead they offered her, because she hadn't even seen it, they offered her to do Black Christmas. So she just turned that into her, um, you it's know. It's like her, um, uh, one of the Die Hard movies. I think the one with um, Samuel L. Jackson. Three, I think. So they they had from the 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 story I heard was that that was going to be a movie called Simon Says, and then some a studio executive look at it and was, well, you know what? If you make this John McClane and we call this a Die Hard movie, we're going to make way more money than if we call this Simon Says and have mm-hmm. somebody else. Right. So they took a script, modified it, and turned it into a Die Hard movie. Eh, yeah, that's what you got going here. They should have taken this script and put it in a mulcher. Did, did you guys notice the obvious uh, steal from Exorcist Three? Oh, the jump scare! Yeah, oh, my God, yeah, that was. Oh, and by the way, this has no bearing on any Black Christmas movie because this is not. This is becomes a supernatural movie, yeah, which is so irritating yeah. and yeah. stupid. So if you even if you took all the woke garbage aside, just throw that away. This is a shit movie. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. dumb. 
The dialogue yeah. is dumb. Most of the, the dialogue is real ridiculous. Bad. When the two girls are in the car and they figure out the supernatural thing, Imogen Poots is like saying, "Well, I think that the bust is is possessed by the Confederate yeah, guy, whatever." Because it's we'll, crying tears. Whatever. Yeah. It, it reminded yeah. me of Freddy versus Jason when the one guy is like. Maybe Freddie is using Jason to put fear yeah. back in the kids so that he can reconstitute. <laughs> uh, it's one of my yeah. favorite scenes because it's hilarious. So I'm like, yeah. how the hell would you know that? <laughs> yeah, right. Of the well, black you're onto te- something. Yeah. Speaking oh. of those black tears, I, I also read, because I hunted down some trivia about this thing, uh, I read that the black goo that the fraternity brothers bled is meant to represent literal toxic masculinity and how it affects men and changes them from humans to monsters. Oh. Can, can, I get, can I get a billboard to just put a big <laughs> F and a U on there and then just put this picture oh. of the movie you know, on there? The, the supernatural thing actually harms this movie as far as that message goes because it almost lets the guys off the hook. Yeah. That there's a supernatural yeah, reason. Them. Yeah, that's true. But it, no, it's it's the it's the alpha toxic male that's controlling them. So I don't know. And the mere fact that they were even going after classics, man. Like I mean, they're like they're like, oh yeah, you know, uh, we're gonna go after Homer, that that bastard. <laughs> like, why? Well, yeah, you know, they're they're going after all the classics, and I'm thinking like it's probably just it's maybe even a subtle cue that they're that they're going after classics even within the genre. And yeah. that there's no that this that this uh, they're not my classics. Remember what that's what she said. She goes, "Whose classics? They're not mine." Yeah. And I kind of I kind of agree with that though. Oh, I, I'm a I, I'm a classicist. <laughs> I, I kind I'm of agree with that dude. because sometimes yeah. you can't. Um, like when I went to school, uh, you know, I didn't read my first like novel until I was like 23 or 24, and I blame a lot of that to do with. Um, I mean, I was busy doing other stuff, you know, bands and skating and stuff. But the the uh, the fact that they were always having us read stuff that I couldn't relate to and I had zero interest in, while other schools were they were reading like The Hobbit and Poe and stuff like that. We had to read like All Is well, Quiet on the Western Front here, and Romeo and Juliet. I think that's a good thing because here you have a gen, and this speaks to this movie. You have a generation who grew up with access to everything. But channels for just the shit you like, and so mm-hmm. they they just find their zone and they stay on it. Where when we grew up, you had seven channels to watch, and you watched whatever you could, and you were exposed yeah. to everything. And you know yeah, what? Yeah, you're you're you got a point. Yeah, it's I good to get that, out of but... your comfort zone and get exposed to things. And just because you don't like it or makes you feel uncomfortable, who cares? It's history. You can't rewrite it. It's already there. But there's a whole generation of freaking domestic terrorists who want to tear down history. And just forget it or rewrite it or whatever they tear yeah. down statues and everything. Yeah. And it's yeah, no, and I don't I don't agree with any of it's that. Ridiculous. My, my thing is that a book about war that, that I don't know anything about and a book about falling in love when I'm 14 and I have zero idea what that I just want to see boobs in a magazine, you know. Yeah, and me so too. I'm taking these now. two things where the where the where the prose is dense. And I'm thinking for years, if that's reading, I don't want anything to do with that. There's no escapism for me in these. So, I, I mean, yeah, you raise great points, but that was that's my thing is that um, I, I, not to say that people shouldn't read, like we as writers should be reading more than just horror. You know, we, you. Yes. We, it makes us it makes us better writers. Well, yeah. I, I I gotta 
I actually consider this movie a classic then, because you mentioned The Hobbit. Okay. And at the end of this movie, there is a Lord of the Rings-like battle. It's like 300, man. That's like straight up class. You messed with the wrong girl. <laughs> like, yeah. And then there's like the charge of Rohan. Oh and, my yeah. God. That battle scene. Dude, you messed with the wrong. You know. My, I was watching it with my yeah. wife and uh, she, I watched the original yesterday. She saw part of it. I think the phone call and she's like, I'm going out here to paint. And I was like, okay, you're going to miss some good movie. So she comes in halfway through the, the remake and she's like, um, What's going on? I was like, I don't know. I'm half paying attention. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah. got my laptop open and, and I'm, I'm taking notes. And um, she so she watched it and it got to that part. You took notes. <laughs> you took notes. My all my notes just said this. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I did it, but when you said that, I almost spit my coffee out. I was like, I'm I'm normally the note taker, and on this yeah. one, dude. I turned off the Alpha Smart. I'm like, yeah. heck no. No, I, not... yeah, I, I took All some right. notes. Yeah. You talk about oh, your notes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that battle scene, my my wife and I, uh, I, she was, we were both just laughing. We couldn't believe. And then all came the, all the one liners, you know, suck yes. my, oh. and you know the the when she raises the thing and she's all, we'll never be broken. Oh. And, it was <laughs> that it was, was the so... most painful line in the whole movie, <laughs> dude. It really was, man. Yeah. No, actually, I think the most painful one was somehow a dozen girls snuck into a room, um, where there's uh, you know 15 dudes or whatever, and nobody knows that they're there with there with the bow drawn. Yeah, don't don't even see them come in there, just standing right there. And then she's like, "You messed with the wrong sisters," and I was like. Oh, this just got this just went next level garbage. This went yeah. from hot garbage to nuclear steaming. You know, if it was so crazy, man. I was thinking, I'm like, if I want if I want to be bombarded with propaganda, you know what I mean? I'm gonna watch Sesame Street or I'm gonna watch Davy and Goliath or something like that. And it's that's gonna <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. But I don't but to watch this and, and I thought, okay, it was bad enough, but at the end. At the end of it, I thought it was interesting. Two things. Number one, where where the main character, Riley, she she looks to the people and she goes, you were right. I should have been fighting the whole time, which is playing into this idea that, you know, you've been wrong this whole time about the agenda and mm -hmm. you haven't been doing your part. And now you're here with the discipline lashing yourself. So that's the first thing. And this, but but what was conflicting about it? And you mentioned something about the con there's conflicts in the movie, in fact, with some of the agenda. And you got to wonder if either she knew it, the the writer or the director and all this, if they knew it or if they complained about it. You'd like to almost see behind the curtain a little bit. But the idea that in the end, Riley is a white woman centering herself between a black woman and a black man. And it's centered. <laughs> and so for people who know the language, you say, uh, yeah, you're centering yourself actually in a black space. And so I thought that was just optically bizarre. And then I thought it was interesting, like you said earlier, Chad, about Camille, uh, Camille Paglia when they when they brought her up. And I like I like a lot of Camille Paglia's stuff. I don't like all of it, but I like a lot of it. And her stuff on writing is really good. I believe she actually writes by hand all of her books, um, you know, but she she the, the scene where they ask uh, Riley answers the question as to who wrote it and says uh, that it was written by a man. And the answer is, no, it wasn't. It was actually written by Camille Paglia and Camille Paglia. Uh, has an idea that you know that there's this 
kind of spectrum thing. And she's against the agenda, by the way. She's a critic of the agenda that that is in this movie. And so that was an interesting um, uh, thing with that. And then there was one other one um, that I had. I'm trying to remember here. Hold on. You can get this thing out. There's because it was one more. Oh, the censorship. Yeah, one one more here. The censorship was um, if you think about it, the whole idea, the, the people doing the agenda did not did not factor in the possibility of blowback. And and the idea that you're what you're doing to consign that statue to a place because they were proud. Remember that that statue had been removed and she said, well, it, it had been taken down from that prominent place and put into this this uh, house and it was out of view of everybody. So what do you do kind of a thing? Um, what they ended up finding out was that when that happened, it ended up that it, that 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 action and that image that was consigned and taken out from there had enlivened a bunch of wickedness within people and they found magic in this totem almost kind of thing right and and you sit there and you say that's similar in fact to the argument against censorship in general that when you censor people or you shadow ban people because of these things it's going to put them into these uh for no better choice of terms into kind of ghettos where they that's all they have they're surrounded in that bubble by other people who've been burned by this and it's going to to aggravate that and even radicalize them and i thought the fact that that's in there like i said that's so conflicting in the film like because you have this agenda but then you also have that kind of tucked in there that a smart observer cultural observer would say well wait a second this is exactly the argument against banning people or not allowing free speech for people who have differences of opinion that you're going to create this this group that now they're going to be on further further and further on the fringes and identify with those people because they'll they'll have that in common with each other, and it will wrap. Yeah, they allowed a couple of counter yeah comments in this movie. That were I mean they were like overwhelmed by the tidal wave of garbage, but you're absolutely right about that. There, and there were a couple of comments that the girl's uh, boyfriend mentioned, like you know, yeah. what did you think they would yeah. do if you do that if you put that out there? But it was you know. I guess that you was know, their way Chad, of saying we're you presenting said both at the sides. Beginning where you were like, I don't disagree with the message. Women's issues need to be addressed. And Hunter, you've got daughters, so when they're out, yeah. you're worried about. And and there are some. Yeah, there's sure. definitely things that I have. I have two daughters. Mm-hmm. One is yeah. gay, and one so is straight. A, and I, I don't think any sides. of us disagree with like yes, there are issues, and there are some really toxic men out there, and things that absolutely can be addressed. So go back yeah. and watch like Silence of the Lands mm-hmm. and look at the way that they deal with Clarice Starling in a man's world and mm-hmm. the way that they deal with the dynamics of the way Lecter treats her, the way Jack, Jack Crawford and, and every guy in that that movie. And, she, and and that is just a great it's a subtlety that runs through the movie that just really yeah. when she gets in the elevator with all the FBI guys that mm-hmm. says so much and, and without it's so forcing much more it effective. down your throat. Yeah. Yeah. Than this one other thing i wanted to go back to the lord of the rings battle in the <laughs> library or whatever yeah, yeah. I, I don't uh, I'm, jeremiah i'm sure you've never seen this movie but maybe i know hunter you have there's a movie called waxwork from the 80s yeah <laughs> that's got a it. hilarious battle at the end between, between like the monsters from the wax museum and these old guys who are like show up at the last second and they have this hilarious battle and when i see this all i can think of is oh my god waxworth did this so much better <laughs> patrick mcnee in a wheelchair leading the charge patrick mcnee who is a hero 
I, I can't th- can you guys think of a worse remake than this one? No. Ooh. Ooh. I mean no. the, no. the the shot for shot psycho remake was better than not this. as bad as this. I look, there might be a worse remake, but this is the stupidest. What about Wick, like Wicker Man, dude? Wicker Man sucked. Oh, it's that got remake. Nicholas Cage, I'll watch. Yeah, funnier, though. yeah, yeah. At least has, has some like redeeming quality with Nicholas Cage. First of all, the first it. hour of this movie is boring as hell. Just as a yeah. horror movie fan, uh, yeah, the first yeah. twenty minutes is pure one hundred percent, with the exception of the murder at the very beginning. The next twenty minutes is one hundred percent setting up the agenda and making sure that it's drilled into your head. Yeah, you know, there's no reason to. If this were a book, there's no reason to turn the page. Absolutely no reason. There's no conflict. There's nothing. No, yeah. technically, yeah. when I started watching this, it's when I go to bed. I started watching this, and I'm watching it in bed. So technically, I should have fallen asleep, but I am hate watching this <laughs> and wide awake yeah. to the point where it ends. I got to take clonopin. I'm like, I got to shut myself down because I got work to do in five hours from now. I got to go to sleep. And yeah. I was so aggravated. Not you, Chad. I was initially pissed at you, but I let that roll. <laughs> But I just I just kept thinking, I'm like, this is just it's an example of a world that is wide open to everybody. And people are so myopic, myopic, myopic. And and it creates crap like this. And it just it just pissed me off. And I'm like, if anybody is if if the studio said, I'm going to give you 50 million dollars, I want you to write like the sequel to this, just like this, I'd say. Go F yourself. I will go on yeah. the dole in Ireland and I'll be just fine. The when, plot when... of this movie is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. Oh, don't, man. You know, it's a, I'll but defend it's a, Buffy, yeah, dude. I'll but defend Buffy, Buffy would do it better. But like yeah. a, an hour TV yeah. show yeah, yeah, with yeah. commercials, possessed yeah. college frat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Episode this is the week. reason why I started my own fraternity in college. It would have been great. Counter these guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is how low they stooped. If you, I watched the trailer after I watched the movie. Because oh, the whole movie. I, I read some things about the. Tra- What's that? It gives away the whole movie. It does. Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. And that's why I saw people complaining. Not only were they complaining Jason about that. Jason lost his mind. Jason Brandt from our podcast. Oh my god. Yeah, I I, I almost never watch uh, um, uh, trailers anymore. The last the last film that that got a trailer right is probably Hereditary. Because you think it's going to be about something yes. that's not, yeah, 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 and that person's gone, and that and pissed it, people off with the actual yeah. movie. They, man, they were pissed. So, in in the trailer, there are scares, and most of the scares aren't in the movie. So, like, if some girl shuts the door and there's a dude standing there, that's not in the movie. They they yeah they superimposed or put you know CGI the the figure in there. Yeah, the the most uh in these that's just cheap crap that they were trying to do and then when they uh take the guy's mask off and they he's got the black stuff on him you know the first guy that they find in mm. the trailer when it they take the, the mask off it's the statue's head yeah, the statue's head yeah and they're like oh i noticed gosh, that too what the heck i noticed well, that too yeah. that's all the st- also all the outtakes and the oh that sucks well but that'll look good in a trailer you yeah, know it's unbelievable I did like the the discount Doctor Doom masks that all the frat guys were wearing. Yeah, you know what's funny? Now you're watching that fraternity scene. Like when I started college, we had a couple of high name fraternities, one that the uh, a lot of presidents have been part of, and we actually spied on them on one of their rituals. 
and sh- that shit is real. At least it was yeah. in the eighties. Like that stuff they yeah. were doing, and that's yeah. when I turned to like three of my friends and like we're starting our own fraternity and f these guys, and we called ourselves Delta Tau Chi after Animal House, and our to pledge us meant you had to hang out and drink with us. And within one year, we were the biggest fraternity the campus had ever seen of everybody. We had fuckers in wheelchairs, every race, creed, and color, every sexuality. This is it was gonna just be like, great. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> but it was it was in direct retaliation to that kind of crap uh, that exists. And I I don't know if Greek life is still a thing on campuses. Yeah, yeah. I tend to think it's not because a lot of campuses I talk about, they don't even have that anymore. But that's toxic. I will tell you that shit is toxic. You're you're mixing in power and you're mixing in money, right? Like skull and bone levels. So there's a skull skull and bone. Epsilon, go fuck yourselves. The skull and bone headquarters is like in New Haven. Yeah. And I was taking a ghost tour years ago with my nephew when he was younger. And uh, in in part you walk by and they show you like oh and this is the like entrance to the skull and bones a real nondescript building and they talk oh all these different presidents and whatever and uh my nephew just walks up to the door and starts banging on it and everything i'm like what are you doing they're taking your picture right now we're gonna go with some database (laughs) get out of there man get out of there these are guys on the list these yeah. are guys who are bonded because they had to run around a track with a bagel in their asshole. And when the, the bagel fell out, the other guy had to eat it. And that made oh, him no. brother. That's an everything bagel. I watched that shit happen. Oh, so, nobody, no. You know, I I guess what bothered, <laughs> what bothered me, I'm acting like there's one thing. But like yeah. another thing, right? Just adding to this. This is like so a, quadrup- a quadruple uh, Decker poop sandwich. But like they took the they straw men or straw i'm sorry they straw person the daylight <laughs> yeah they they straw person the daylights out of everybody on this right like um the uh the the way that the 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 women were right it just treated them like they're fanatical foaming at the mouth feminist mm-hmm. types like extreme like not even mildly it was right. it was no women are that and that's yeah. what they are. And if you're not part of that, then you are a person who's like, if you're not going to get down and bow, bitch, and be obedient, we're going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> saying, Holy crap. <laughs> what is this, dude? And that's, but that is how they treated it. And I thought, I agree with you guys. Like, regardless of any cultural and sociological criticisms I may have of the left and stuff, there are serious concerns, right? There are serious concerns to be had on issues pertaining to uh, gender issues pertaining to equality. This kind of thing does not advance that dial at all, right, because right. Nope. you're strawmanning the daylights out of everybody. You're 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 making it completely fake and you're scaring everybody away. They're they're either laugh. Well, they're laughing and they're rage watching. There are people who are like, dude, this needs to go away. <laughs> it's yeah, not going to create a dialogue. It's going to create a Dissent, yeah. I have a wife and a daughter who are both sexually assaulted mm. as teens, and they both thought this movie was stupid and a piece of crap and didn't represent any of the way they felt at all. Yeah, like, so my, that my tells you is, something right there. My Even, wife is the, the strongest woman that I know, and she has gone through some of the most horrendous stuff that of anyone that I know. and 
She's married to you. That whole yeah, <laughs> and that whole <laughs> that girl. whole thing, just the whole thing. It yeah. just it embarrassed her. Uh, she's not down with it, but um, yeah, perfectly said, Jeremiah. The, you know, and, and and Jack, we we do have these issues, but this is this is. This like isn't the, helping. This is not like, the way to handle it. It's even not the, helping. It's not helping horror fans. It's not helping any yeah. social issue. Yeah, Blumhouse, come on. You make fucking horror movies for $3 million. Just get a good story out. But yeah. for every good thing they do lately, it seems to be they have three just terrible movies. I don't know what's going on yeah. over there. Yeah, they I, hit with like Invisible Man. So you cut them slack for like five movies. Yeah. And then just when you're like, all right, screw Blumhouse, they'll hit with another one. You're like, oh, they're so great. Hey, yeah. man, they did They did finally give us a, a worthy Halloween movie. Yeah. No. <laughs> 2018 Halloween? That movie sucked. Throw that in the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening, everyone. That was, uh... <laughs> it's over. It's done. Yeah, it's done, guys. Garbage. They should have stopped at Halloween yeah. 3. Did, but, did anyone know? Did anyone notice the, uh, you know that that little assembly thing that they put on? I was expecting something different because twice they're like, "But Riley, you you can sing," and then they get out there and I'm like, "No one's singing. No one can sing." Yeah, both <laughs> times I almost turned off the movie and turned on Mean Girls. So I was like, "I just <laughs> much I just better representation, much yeah. better." So yeah, it's so so women to present their their to get their voice that have to be whores. What was the message in that thing? Yeah, it was it was like terrible. Santa whores and well, that is the, that was part to... of the message because you heard that where they were like, well, just in the argument you uh, mentioned earlier about you know when the the boyfriend that we all thought was gay, where he's like, you know, well, hey, you guys go up there and you're doing this against all these people in public and indiscriminately. By the way, they didn't even add that little. They should have had a little asterisk and said indiscriminately. In general, about frats, not about one frat, frats in general. Yeah, and and when, it's, look, they're gonna they're gonna flip out and stuff, and it's like, oh, dude, it's <laughs> when they when they took that guy that you're talking about and they switched him from being like, oh, this okay, this is the good white guy in the movie. This is the one good white guy that everybody gets along with, and then they thought that they were switching it to all of a sudden it's like, okay, this there is no good white men. And he then was drunk. He, but but you know what you know what started that whole argument and what got into them into that big fight was because he said not we're not all like that right and yeah then and then he was thrown out of the house and she threw him out of the house we yeah. were, then we were supposed to be like oh now he's bad too it's like no he's not he's he came back to say sorry speaking the truth he said he, he came, came back to say, back say, sorry. To say and sorry and that's what he came back to do and I'm like dude this is like beta land over here but. The thing is, the hashtag. Yeah, no, that guy would not. First of all, he'd been drinking. He got his beer balls, told his yeah. hot girlfriend, who was way above his pay grade, what he thought. She threw yeah. him out. He ain't coming back to apologize. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe tomorrow. And that's. But not that night. There's so many like reasonable discussions to be had about the movie. Like, like they, they're touching on things that are real mm-hmm. and that, but they're blowing them so out of proportion. And one of them, for example, was the the Me Too moment in the movie where they're both in the car and and it's easy to, to kind of lose sight of it because they have the uh the conversation that's so bizarre about like well it's because it's possessed and she's like dang girl you figured it out kind of thing but w- what it was was um you know you uh you want to go to the police the police aren't going to help us uh yeah, right. they didn't they didn't believe me 
when I went in and I thought about it, remember the detail they gave earlier was that there was no, there was no evidence of it. There was no proof of this thing, right? right? That's actually a real quandary. And so you have a real quandary where something could happen to somebody, mm-hmm. but there's not proof of that. We, as parents, man, we don't, we, we, how many times are kids, uh, you know, upstairs and there's a fight and we can try to get down to the bottom of it. But the problem was we weren't there. We didn't right. see it. And there's no proof in either direction. And it's a he said, she said problem. This is taken to an extreme level because you're dealing with rape. And, and, and there's a divide on, on should you believe the claim without evidence, you're going to get bad guys, but you're also going to get a lot of good guys. If you do it to where you say, well, we are going to require evidence, good guys aren't going to get in trouble, but some bad guys aren't going to get in trouble either. That's a real problem. And it's, it's, it's very difficult to deal with. But her answer to it, and, and she provides an answer. She says, they wouldn't believe us because when I went without evidence, <clears throat> when I went without evidence, um, they didn't believe me. Why would they believe that we weren't involved in that? I'm thinking, because there's freaking bows and arrows and guys in with masks and dead women all over the freaking place. <laughs> like, it's not even remotely a reasonable yeah. comparison. I said, you just took a great opportunity. Maybe, maybe the situation could warrant a reasonable discussion, but you just blew it out of the water with ridiculous details. And it's not even believable. It makes a joke out of it. Oh, well, you made it supernatural too, which just, just throw the whole thing out. Who cares at this point? Now it's just stupid beyond. When I watched this the first time and it went supernatural, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, Oh my God, this, this, this isn't black Christmas. It had nothing to do with the original movie so far. And then they got, we'll go, wait, it's supernatural. Then, like I said, that classic, they figure out the supernatural thing in the car, and now I'm crying, sure. laughing. Oh, let's, just... let's, the, we we talked a, a, a minute ago about the um, about how this is uh, ca- you know, could cause division and this kind of thing, and, and you've got this extreme and this extreme, and it's just that's all there is. And one thing that that could be said too that's could be considered kind of dangerous is that all of these like date rape guys or murdering guys or whatever. They're wearing it on their sleeves. Like, yeah. When you look oh at gosh. them, when you look at them, it's like, oh, he's a douche. He's a douche. He's a douche. That's not these guys that are going out and doing these things at parties and doing the stuff that the in, insulting girls. They're not wearing it on their sleeves. Maybe some of them are, but in the movie, you you know them. You yeah. Know? It's like I've always told my kids um, about stuff like this, and uh, about you know you you. If they're going out with some, you know, I've got uh, my daughter um, has a, a kid, uh, two kids. And sometimes I get um, kind of like, where are they? Who are you leaving them with? Because if they're going to get like messed with, you're not going to know about it. You're not going to, they're not going to wear a sign around their neck and, says, and say, hi, I'm a molester. And when I'm babysitting, I'm going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, your mic your, is your starting to fade again. There you go. There you go. Well, hopefully you caught that. But yeah, I yeah, thought that we that did. Was, yeah, yeah. It was just it was getting out of control. <laughs> it was Let's, it was um, getting progressively louder. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> we we uh, all are giving this a, an E, I guess. Dude, bite, yeah, no doubt. Is E the I, lowest you can give it? <laughs> e yeah. minus. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see an extender director's cut just to see if we're missing out on <laughs> Jack. All right, if you do, I'm see what the watch movie's it really about. You. Yeah. If I watch it with you and we have a bottle of bourbon. Actually, that I mean, would be 
the I think my mistake is I didn't watch this with you. If we watched this together, we would have been throwing stuff at the TV and laughing our asses off. It's there was it's, no redeemable quality. But no, Chad, that, that's why I'm like I would never normally give an E. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty bad. On on IMDb, it's like a three point five or something like that, or three. And 3. I, I told 3. my kid, mm-hmm. three point three. I told my kids it was one and a half. But then I thought about it more, and I'm like, no, I'm actually no, it's not. <laughs> like it's not a one and a half. It's not even it's, so bad. It's good. It's just no. Shit. There's bad. there's no redeemable quality. There's nothing in there that's like, oh, dude, that's really you know really great. Even like I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Carrie is it Elvis. Carrie Elvis. No. Oh, he's yeah, Carrie Elvis. I I like him as Why? an actor. I, I think he's one of the worst actors that ever came down the pike. I, I liked him on Psych and stuff. He's great on Psych and he's great in Princess Bride. In Princess Bride. Okay, so <sighs> those two things, right? Limiting. You and me are Psych guys, so we get We're it. Psych guys. Yeah, we get it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I like him in that. My kids were like, that's Despero. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah, yeah that's Despero <laughs> yeah. right there. Um, <laughs> and so I like Despero. <laughs> that's really what it is. So when I saw him in the movie, I'm thinking, like, oh, well, maybe that's a redeeming you know, quality of this. And I thought, you know, uh, you win some and you lose some. And this guy was, it was terrible. It was just so bad. And at the end, you know, if, if you break it, uh, you know, we're, we're inextric- inextricably linked together. And if you shatter it, we're going to be, we're, you know, all apart. And she's like, basically, I don't care kind of yeah. thing. And he's like, no. And I was waiting for water to come down. Like, you know, <laughs> you can't do that on television. And a, a mix of you can't do that on television with Wizard of Oz. And he starts, you know, f- fading away into the. Yeah, into the gallon but i'm just like man this is so bad and i was waiting and waiting for what is what is going to redeem this in any way for me and i thought by the end of it i'm like nothing no (laughs) nothing there's no quality back to the the beginning the overdressed christmas decorated streets yeah yeah. who has the money to do this what's the what, what was the purpose of the shovel the shovel oh random crap she grabbed a shovel out of the house. They took off. Yeah. She took it with her in the truck. And then she walked oh. on the street, dragging behind. And then oh, that was yeah. the shovel. The I, Home Alone callback. I don't know. The cool. <laughs> yeah, Home Alone. I, I don't know. Yeah. By the way, those 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 girls that went in there. I told my wife when we were watching it when that when the battle uh, for Mordor, whatever you want to call it. I don't know the names of it. <laughs> <laughs> you shall not pass. Yeah. Yeah. When the battle when the battle happened at the end. I said, those guys have like cricket bats. Every one of those girls yeah. would be on the ground bleeding. They'd be done. dead. They're all but, like but lacrosse somehow, players. Their brains would be the, hanging out of their ears. Somehow the one chick is taking guys out left and right using a, using a, just swinging a bow, like a thin. Yeah. yeah. That's not it was cool. a GI Jane moment, dude. And I, you know, and I don't mean to dog anybody, but I'm kind of thinking like the idea of the Navy SEALs and like what she's doing and all that. And I'm like, well, we, we have a little bit of hindsight and there's like no ladies who've ever made it into the Navy SEALs. So there's yeah. a lot of dudes in there and the idea that that's real. And I'm like, this is kind of like this, <laughs> but there's was... a lot of GI Janes and they're going up against these guys who are, you know, toxic masculinity it comes along by the way, with some of this bravado and machismo and all of this stuff, strength, right. And, and all of that. And I'm thinking these guys, you have cricket bats. Yeah. They got cricket bats. They're mm-hmm. demonically possessed, right? So they have magical powers, and yet yeah. somehow, man, it's like you messed with the wrong ladies. And I just thought, I remember my kids were like, "Papa, this is girl power. Like this is all that is. It's not. Yeah, it's not. And if you want to go back to, anything... to a, you want to go back to a great girl power moment. So speaking of Lord of the Rings, Spice, Spice when Eowyn <laughs> slays the, uh, the 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 guy in the, in the Battle of Gondor, she's like, "I am no man," and stabs him. 
Yeah. I never forget when I was 15 year old reading that. I thought that move that moment was awesome. Yeah. That's a yeah. great girl power moment there. Also, yeah. or, or, or the chicken uh, Game of Thrones, which she does that flip and sticks a knife and dude. Yeah. Um, I can't remember her name, but yeah, right. I mean, there's there's plenty of movies that that have, really, that have really uh, powerful, like great lead, yeah. uh, strong, you know, women characters. Re- yeah. Revenge that that came out a year or two ago. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. like a, you know, kind of a exploitation kind of movie, but you know, she was strong, and and there's there's plenty out there, but. I will say this about the movie, just so that, you know, I, I hope that the Sophia doesn't ever hear this. Um, because <laughs> I'm not trying to, 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 none of us are trying to. We're, we're the only it. ones. We're the only ones who've ever said anything like this. Yeah. Yeah. But we're kind of relentless. I, there was, you know, I mean, it's not like it was badly edited. You know, uh, oh, or the sound effects were go. bad or anything like that. I, yeah. I did think Good key that, grip. Good key grip. I did think that the, the Gaffer the, did a hell of a job. I did think that the the whole snow angel thing at the beginning and then how yeah. the, the yeah. composition cool. of it. Yeah, I thought it was cool, especially when it slid over and you've got black. And I was like, oh, they're yeah. gonna put Black Christmas right there, and they didn't. They, they didn't. Yeah. 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 Oh, your mic's going again. Oh. So I just want to give a PSA. So here's i'm giving a psa to guys who are of a certain younger age so chad you brought about you mentioned before how like you know these overtly asshole guys towards women you don't in real life they're not that overt they're like ted bundy Mm -hmm. they're charming and they do their shit on the dl in the 80s when there were guys like this who would either denigrate women uh, or try to do things to women like, um, you know, when they were drunk, take advantage of them. You know what we did? We beat the living shit out of them when they mm-hmm. least expected it and let them know why it happened. And we mm-hmm. would usually do it as a group. And it felt really good. We self-policed these pieces of garbage. I have to say, from my experience, with two, now I have two women who are my daughters who are 23 and 21 i have seen the detritus that has washed on our shores with penises and they have all with the exception of one been pieces of fucking garbage who deserve everything they get in the, the detritus of, of penises is going to be a double feature with detritus the trailer penises. park oven yeah right. because exactly yeah there has been a shift where and i don't know what has caused this where there are guys a whole generation who feel you can bully women and be a total shit heel to them at any time, whether to their face or on social media. And it's cool. And I don't, this did not exist when we were younger, Jack, did you know any guys who did crap like this and bully? We bullied each other. Absolutely. But women were sacrosanct. It was, well, don't the, fuck the, with them because the place uh, you saw was like the abusive husband, the, the abusive boyfriend. There was that. There was that, but in college, and we, we police this shit. We we yeah. literally yeah, yeah, not, knocked not... the brains out of guys who did stuff like this. Yeah. One of my earliest memories, man, in the 80s is uh it was a stormy night, man, and we're out in a farmhouse in Pennsylvania, and a little girl comes beating on the door like 11 o'clock at night, sc- uh, screaming and crying. And we all wake up, man. We go downstairs to our neighbor, it's the girl that lived next door, she's really young. And said that, you know, my mommy's getting beat up. My dad's drunk. And I saw my dad 
walk over there, man, in the rain. And he goes, I'll be back, guys. And he dude, he walked over there. Bro, that that dude was, I mean, he, he had a knife waving at my dad. He's drunk. Waving right. at my dad. And my dad told him, he's like, dude, you, you better put that away. He's like, I'll kill you with your own knife. He's like, you hit your Good wife dad. again, dude. He's like, you're done. He's like, if I find out you've been drinking, if I find out you've been hitting your wife, dude, you are toast. And the thing is that I think maybe it's maybe it's that like because like this kind of thing that because it straw mans it and makes it extreme that it, it sums up all masculinity with toxic masculinity. And it's a masculine thing to take on those those dudes that are being rough toward the girls. Right. And that are, and are treating girls like crap. That's a masculine thing for men to rise up and say, dude, you better check yourself, bro. Because we got a bunch of dudes here. We're going to take you down, champ. That's, That's a right. masculine thing. That's not toxic. And and it's respect. And, it, you know, it's one of those. It's, it's a it's just a weird thing, man. And it's like if, if people because we've, we've straw men the daylight side of it, that um, people feel like to have that impulse at all, that drive, even the guy in the film that said you're lumping in everybody. That was that's not he's not being a wuss about that. That guy's that's a that's a genuinely appropriately masculine and reasonable response to the situation to say not all dudes are like that that's exactly and, right and but yet but you got shoved out the door and i see that ha happening less now than it happened 30 years ago i absolutely see it happening less. Yeah. there's been a complete yeah. shift and maybe i'm gonna give this movie a bit of props i don't know maybe this is a reaction to that change in male culture and maybe it's a necessary thing. And, and there, there's an audience for this. Absolutely. Because both of my daughters have been freaking harassed by guys, which would never. My sister was not harassed by guys. They were harassed by guys from the moment they grew like half a boob. And it happened all the way through until until now. It still does happen every now and then. And, it, you know, I'm looking at it from my view and maybe this is what they're living through. And maybe this, this movie does have a, a purpose and there's an audience and there's a reason for it. And I kind of see that, but just, I don't know as a horror lover, I just want to throw this movie out of the genre into a burning pit of hell along with every guy, except one who's ever come into my house, sniffing around my daughters. <laughs> yeah. You know, adding to what you were saying, just coupling with it. Last thing I'll say about it is that when you, when you said, maybe this is a reaction to it, that might actually make a little bit of sense out of some of the conflict, the conflicting things that are in there. And one of those being, for example, something that in the straw man foaming at the mouth world uh, that is condemned and is seen as a terrible thing is opening the door and holding it for somebody. But mm -hmm. yet the guy that was in the coffee shop who talked to the girl, she's looking at him. She walks out and she sees him and he opens the door and he's holding the door as people are coming in and he's, kind of backing up and letting them walk out and backing up and letting them, you know, they're coming in and stuff. Yeah. And I thought that's a signal that in the foaming at the mouth world is like, what, don't you think we can hold our own doors? But yet that was right. seen and framed in the movie in a way that that wasn't a negative thing. In fact, that was something about him that made him respectable. At least he and didn't so, ask permission if he could open the door for her. Remember a Bronx tale <laughs> when they have the door test where you lock the door, you go around and if the girl reaches over and unlocks it, She's yep. a keeper. If not, you dump her right there. <laughs> Holding yeah. a door for a girl is like their lock test for us. Yeah. Like there's just certain things. You got to be a gentleman. You've, you know, I mean, there's litmus tests that I still do it. It's been 33 years. Yeah. It doesn't change. But that's when you're raised right as a gentleman. And if they get mad at you, it's a, it's kind of, you know, God's way of allowing you to know that 
you know, not everybody's a good fit for you. <laughs> it's like, That's oh, you're, you're really mad about exactly. that? Okay, well, you know, there's 7 billion people on the planet. By the figures, uh, there's a lot of ladies out there. I shall so find Jeremiah. another. Yeah, I shall find another. I'm hold the door for him. So, know? Jeremiah, yeah. in wrapping this up, I, 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 I went into Illumination Cave. <laughs> yeah, and uh yeah, yeah you did i um oh, i got no comedic moral man I, <laughs> this uh there's nothing funny about this mm-hmm. it made me sad and i want to cry <laughs> <laughs> and you have three people who want to yeah. kill you yes yeah, yeah so you better hide get in that cave oh man 15 dollars I, I i can't imagine a movie that you would regret Less than this on spending fifteen dollars. I have never spent even half that on a movie. Yeah, yeah. To stream, so I I thank you for this experience. I never would have (laughs) for this for this fisting of my bank account. Oh, I I am. I'm going to. I'm going to. I think because of (laughs) NaNoWriMo and the uh, other stuff that that I've been having to write and everything, I'm reading slower than apparently. Jack is. I'm. St- I'm still reading Slash. <laughs> I like how you're the low bar, Jack. Me on I, a I'm Kindle just, is the slowest thing you'll ever get. I'm. I'm re. I'm still reading Slash, but I'm like. I think I'm like two hundred and. Dude, I freaking love that book. Oh, yeah, I'm there. glad. I'm. I'm kind of glad that I'm reading it slow because I'm savoring it, and I'll definitely be getting something else. So, I, I know you won't get fifteen dollars <laughs> out of it. But. You're going to discover what the wraith is that I didn't know till I wrote it. Hey, Chad. The whole time I'm going, I don't know what the fuck this thing's gonna be. Chad, I, in my defense, I, re- I read Creature really, f- relatively quickly, mm-hmm. and I I just finished Clown in a Cornfield uh, pretty quickly. It's the Kindle that really kills me. When I, if I read a Kindle, it takes me forever. And I, yeah. I, I kind of, you know, I I I do remember you saying that because recently I sent uh, Hunter a book for Kindle, and I sent uh, Jason one too, and I thought. I knew that you read sometimes, but I didn't. I was like, if I send this to him, he's probably not going to read it anyway. But I would be more than happy to done. send you a, a book to read if 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 you wanted to take a year and put it on your Kindle and read read a word a day. Look, Jack's looking at you like a deer in headlights. He doesn't even know what to say right now. <laughs> but I want to read the actual book. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, you don't. Okay. Chad, Chad has Chad captured my soul in in the book I read of his. So for that. Like it, the, I like the fact that I got to know you as a person, kind of, because we're not mm-hmm. holding hands or digging yeah. in the dirt and planting fucking pot together. Um, <laughs> but I love that I got to know you that first. And then I read your book that just moved me. I mean, almost brought me to tears at a beach on a 80-degree day when I should be nothing but happy. <laughs> so the fact that you did that to me was it's just profound. So Thank literally, I'm a, I'm a Lutskyite. What what are you going to call your fans? Like I call mine Hunters Hellions. What, you got to come up with a name for your your readers. I don't know. I I, I don't even like using fans because I always feel so. Pretentious. I say readers too. I, I hate fans. Yeah, I don't even have fans in my family. So, <laughs> but yeah, you got to you got to come up with a name like the Lutskys yeah. Ludafisks, that fish that they eat in freaking Norway or something. Yeah. Lutskys losers. <laughs> what? Yeah, that'll get me more. Uh, I'm just transforming yeah, alliteration. Yeah, not it, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that works. I like that. Yeah, man. <laughs> oh. All right, man. Well, Jeremiah, did you? Did you? You don't have a 
do you have a comedic moral that you somehow managed to between these two <laughs> movies? I watched the movie. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the movie is a comedic moral in and of itself. No. Um, you know what? I don't know, man. You know, if I was, uh, I, I did, I thought about a couple things, but I'll, I'll, I'll keep it to one. You know, if I, if I was enjoying a pleasant evening and I'm getting ready to go to some kind of, you know, Thanksgiving dinner with a hot chick. And as I'm walking there and I've got champagne and chocolate and all those other things. And I see her walking as though she recently acquired a peg leg and she's carrying a snow shovel and she's looking all creepy like Frankenstein saying, you really want to help me? That if I go to where she wants me to help and I see a cult of dudes coming out looking all demonic and crap, that I'm going to think of something better than I want you to suck a fat fart because you just got Zeta'd. <laughs> Because you're gonna die, dude. Or you're Suck gonna end up being part yeah, incorporated my God. into the freaking cult. But either way, dude, either way, there were many signals. And uh I, I would only hope that I would have caught at least you know one of the one thousand signals that were going off at that time to book it, dude, because that peg leg chick ain't worth it. <laughs> that's it. Smart. That's that's the that's the lessons, dude. I, I think that may in fact be uh, the greatest lesson that I, I could come up with having watched this movie. All right, man. Well, yeah, yeah. I want to thank Jack and, and Hunter for coming on yeah. here and and being so, uh, you, you know, good sports, man. For yeah, man. this horrible movie, <laughs> I, I, I put Jason through Amityville, not knowing how bad that yeah. was going to be. That was rougher than we had one movie. You put hilarious. Jason through twelve. That was yeah, awesome. but I. But to be fair, I did hold his hand the whole way. You know, I was I I watched him too. These horrible horrible movies when when I only really liked the first one and. It was, mm. Jeremiah, as the newbie, you're getting to see the other side of the horror fan where we watch a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. And, we do. And, and some some stuff, some bad stuff we watch, we enjoy. And but some yeah, other bad like stuff we Black need. Christmas. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm yeah. still glad I went through it, man. I, I've always told Chad, you know, because when we started Paleo Cheese originally, right? The very first uh the, the advent videos. of what we do now. Yeah, videos a long time ago. When we did that, we would we would intentionally watch movies that were not very good, right? Yeah. Right. And we would yeah, do well, they're fun to crap on. Yeah, they're yeah. fun to crap on. They were fun to watch and stuff like this. And you know, this may have not been a pleasure. In fact, it was the opposite of that. In the moment, right? Watching it, there wasn't any kind of joy coming from that. But this with you guys, and I used to be able to always say, Chad, you know, I'll I'll be able to go through anything, man, as long as I can go through it with you, buddy. And guys, <laughs> this one. I love you, Chad, but it really did require Hunter and Jack being here. Because <laughs> this was really I, I, bad. I, I Watching this movie alone yeah. was like a garden hose yeah. through your penis hole. <laughs> <laughs> but I will yeah. say, like every production company, you know, like Blumhouse, they sometimes they catch lightning in a bottle. Sometimes they get a turd in a diaper. This is the latter because this is just there's just there's no reason to ever watch this movie we, uh, as, as, in a diva cup. <laughs> in a diva cup exactly i said to my wife i said hey what's a diva cup and would you just shove that me. up your cooter in front of your friend she's like no. <laughs> you know we so, hated this movie but we talked about it longer than the first one yeah so it's more because fun the to first talk one's a classic and doesn't need to be talked but about. it's it's like just sports radio it. it's more yeah. fun to talk about your baseball team when they suck that's why everyone talks about than it. when it's, they're good yeah it's easier to bitch than praise i guess because that's yeah. what we've been doing that's why detroit yeah. talk radio is so good yeah. <laughs> the lions it's like oh yeah you're gonna tune into that yeah. and it's like dude it's a dumpster fire every year of course you got I'm the red wings in. though so at least you that's got... true and tigers ain't have that 
All right, go yeah. check out uh, Monster Men podcast, the Final yeah. Guys podcast, and uh, buy Hunter's books. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Buy an extra one for me because you can't, or just send me fourteen bucks. Yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> for my time. But yeah, guys, thanks. Actually, for... I'll take one of your books, Chad. Okay, thanks for coming on, guys. And uh, oh, thanks, man. And this is actually the first time too that we've ever had a guest back. Yes, before, and they were we've, both on. They were both on. Yeah, yeah. There's like so Absolutely. many firsts with this dude. We'll do this again on Monster Man. We'll have you guys on. Yeah, yeah. there you're, we go. You're gonna, tor- you're gonna torture us, aren't you? <laughs> you're, gonna, yeah. you're gonna pick something just, real wicked, dude. No, oh, you're gonna make you're us gonna watch, watch that first uh, Trump Biden debate. No, oh, no. <laughs> we're we're gonna yeah. break out blood sucking freaks. So get oh, ready. Oh yeah, I'm down. <laughs> okay guys uh yeah until, until next time yes until next bye. time guys awesome. bye brothers bye every person's story has something to teach us how others view life how obstacles are overcome how joy is felt how fears are faced, how love is expressed. The Matters of Faith podcast explores individual stories of people's lives and how faith plays a part. It may not be your story, but it may help shape yours. The Matters of Faith podcast with Jay Wilburn is on Project Entertainment Network.